You're about to hear the 3CR Community Radio podcast of In Psychedelia. For more information on this show, head to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the In Psychedelia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or find us on our website. Good afternoon, my name is Nick and this is In Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio 855 AM, streaming live on 3cr.org.au and also on digital radio. I'm not sure how many uh, people are listening on digital radio. I know the prices have come down for the units, you can get them for uh, fairly fairly cheap now, so it does give you uh, a, a more clearer broadcast and especially for the AM in Melbourne where trams uh, destroy the radio. <laughs> Digital radio is a good idea to grab. Uh, welcome, welcome for this afternoon, for this uh, beautiful spring afternoon. Uh, we've got a bit coming up in the program today. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you to everybody that came came along last Sunday afternoon to the Fitzroy Beer Garden for our 920 Coalition celebration of the magic mushroom, the psilocybin mushroom. We were just talking about it, nothing uh, illegal going on, very uh, interesting conversations about local species healing and visionary art that was last weekend uh coming up uh the pixie collective which is a uh, shop a, a collaboration of uh, artists and creators and makers from uh across uh, victoria and across australia are uh, having their fifth birthday on saturday the 3rd of october that's this coming saturday it's going to be at 24 moons bar at 2 arthurton road in northcote and it's 20 dollars. everyone who wears purple gets a 10 percent pixie collective discount as well right now this weekend the Visionary Convergence Conference is on in Los Angeles, and uh, that's been going on all weekend. We're going to be looking to catch up with some people who presented there in future episodes. Uh, also starting uh, this week is uh, this week is uh, Burning Seed, and uh, Ash, welcome to the show. Afternoon, folks. <laughs> You're heading along to Burning Seed. What can people expect? Uh, what, what is Burning Seed, quickly? Uh, it's the Australian regional event associated with the Burning Man Festival in the US, which has been going for, I think, nearly 30 years or so now. Um, started out just as a group of people basically exploring a different way of holding space and having a community. So it's a different kind of festival, maybe in some ways similar to something like a Doof or a Confest, but it has a very specific set of principles such as uh, no commercial transactions. It's a gifting community. Um, people can expect a lot of art, a lot of music, uh, talks, workshops, all kinds of amazing things. I think this year there'll be some more art cars, so some nice lit up cars decorated and driving around. And it's being held uh, out in the middle of uh, regional uh, New South Wales? It's in the Matong State Forest up in the Riverina district of New South Wales. So that sort of is, uh, what, about 100, 200 kilometres north of where Confest is held for any listeners that are uh, Confesters as well? That's right. It's about an hour about northwest of Wagga Wagga. So that's that's on this week. And for uh, anybody that's going, Ash will also be uh, doing a presentation up there. Yeah, I'll be hosting a talk on drugs, drug law reform, the different ways that uh, things are getting shaken up. Um, Eileen Ormsby is going to come and talk about how the, the digital uh, revolution with online drug markets is changing the ways that people and law enforcement interact with uh, drugs. We're going to have Greg Chip from the Drug Law Reform Australia Party uh, doing a little bit. I'll do some stuff, and I've got to find out yet if uh, Steph from uh, DanceWise Harm Reduction Victoria is available to do a little Have bit a as well. Have a chat as well. Well, yeah, for anybody- so come along. It, it, it's at uh, 
four o'clock at the detox camp. If anyone's listening, on, on which day? On the Saturday. On the Saturday, right? Because it goes on for about a week. So that's burning seed kicking off this week. And also, if you're staying in Melbourne, Friday night uh, there is an exhibition called "The Rights of Humans in a Digital Age." It's put on by Andy Thomas, who's a, uh, a, a, a an artist who sort of melds organic and technological things into this uh, seamless, beautiful pictures. Uh, He's having an exhibition 6pm at the Brunswick Street Gallery at 322 Brunswick Street in Fitzroy this week. And Psychedelia News of the Week. I don't condone or advocate that everyone should use illicit drugs. I think it's a a huge decision made with the right amount of research and forethought. The intention is to discourage ICE use. The actual effect is it encourages the stigmatisation of people who use this drug. The risk there is people are less likely to disclose their use, even when they're experiencing some issues, so they're less likely to access essential health services. The potential for harm increases. People feel hesitant to be open about who they are because they're afraid of judgment from family members or people at work or or just people in society in general. Many of them have conservative mindsets regardless of their politics uh, and will just say, oh well, then the, the, the government are not looking after us and therefore it seems a law and order issue rather than a, a social problem that needs to be dealt with on, on a Drug news from Melbourne and around the world. Okay, so in the mainstream news this week, there was uh, a lot of talk after two South Sydney Rabbitohs players from the NRL overdosed on the uh, pain prescription uh, opiate oxycodone. Uh, They had to be taken to hospital and were in pretty bad shape for a little while. So it's kind of brought to attention the issue of off-label prescription drug use within the NRL. Um, the CEO, John Lee, said that rates aren't much higher than the, the background population, which may be true because prescription drug use has been going up across the board. So I don't think it's a thing that's unique to the NRL, but it is good that it's getting some attention. And it's often, oftentimes with uh, NRL and AFL that uh, the stories that come out of... Uh out of there get blown up to huge proportions even though this is you know the sorts of things that you see in the general population and uh, look Australia loves its sport even if you and I maybe don't love it so much <laughs> yeah I think for me I'm just glad that it's getting some attention and not being overshadowed by all the hype about the so-called ice epidemic from SciPost this week uh, there was some promising news from the MDMA uh, that's ecstasy uh, for post-traumatic stress disorder trials uh, a review conducted of the literature published in therapeutic advances in psychopharmacology have shown that MDMA may be useful in treating depression uh, there's a few problems, a few stumbling blocks still. There is a potential neurotoxicity um, question hanging over MDMA use for this kind of therapy. Um, that remains a concern, and without more conclusive research, um, trials won't begin. So more conclusive research needs to uh, needs to happen on uh, using MDMA for both post-traumatic stress disorder and um, and potentially using it to treat depression as well. So a little bit of news from various activist communities this week. Um, There was a a former drug cop, Michael Wood, did an Ask Me Anything on Reddit, which is an online forum where people can just ask questions and 
they go through and answer them. Um, I'll just read out one of his answers. Uh, the question was about youth and availability if drugs are legalized. Won't they have more access to drugs than now? And his response was, it's a good question, Greta, because obviously one of our most pressing needs is to keep our children safe. We don't have all the answers for the future, but what we do know is that there is no evidence or indication that juvenile usage would go up. In fact, there is some indication that it would actually go down, and going down makes sense. Uh, it's not cool anymore, it's not a rebel thing, and when in a regulated market, things become less easy to obtain. When I was a teenager, it was easy for people my age to get marijuana, uh, easier to get marijuana than alcohol, and it's the same now as I observed as a narcotics officer. Drug prohibition ensures that many people are locked up, which damages families, limits income, and generally lowers opportunities. So, straight from the cop's mouth. News from The Intercept this week. The question, do adults have a privacy right to use drugs, is uh, the question before Brazil's Supreme Court at the moment. Article 5 of Brazil's national constitution states that one's intimate and private life are inviolable. This is being interpreted by the judges to mean that the state has no legitimate authority to punish adult citizens for their private choices so long as those choices don't directly harm others. And uh, the case, if you want to have a read of this, uh, it's on, on the Facebook page. There's a, a specific case that it's relating to uh, that has been taken up to the Supreme Courts and uh, several of the judges have agreed with this logic. So it could mean the decriminalisation of drugs across Brazil based on Article 5 of their constitution, which protects people's right to privacy. Yeah, yeah. the uh, former president of Brazil has been very powerful in pushing for the UNGAS summit to come forward and talk about decriminalisation there. Uh, from up in New South Wales, uh, our friends at the Hemp Party are going to be protesting this coming Monday outside of the Lismore Courthouse uh, against the saliva testing for cannabis. Uh, they feel that it's uh, catching people that aren't necessarily impaired and it's creating all kinds of flow-on problems in the community, such as older recreational users or medicinal users staying home out of fear of getting caught. And uh, Forbes also had an article published this week on the sham of drug testing for benefits. Uh, there's a quote from the Forbes article that says, Drug testing increasingly is becoming part of our surveillance society, spuriously sold to the public as making us safer, but where's the data? Uh, welfare recipient testing uh, base, is based on a uh, false and derogatory assumption that welfare recipients are significantly more likely to be drug abusers. Uh, the reality is that there is only a, a small percentage difference between the general population and welfare recipients in drug abuse. Uh, Performance-based, i.e. impairment testing, is a far more rational and effective way to do this kind of testing. And there, there, there are uh, a lot of companies uh, that are selling these sorts of products to workplaces that have a a vested interest in, in ensuring that their profits are, uh, are kept, but in keeping that, in, in pursuing their profits, they're attacking the privacy rights of uh, individuals who don't come to work intoxicated, but may have metabolites still in their blood or in their urine or in their hair, whatever's being uh, tested for. Uh, one that a, a friend linked me to this week um, from the Anonymous HQ, that's Anonymous, the online activist group, um, Facebook has a little-known software program that monitors your profile, chat, and pictures, and it runs a bit of an algorithm to look for suspected criminal activity. So certain things like communicating at a distance from somebody who doesn't have many close friends with you, and it just kind of snoops into your 
system a little bit and highlights it for staff at Facebook if it's been red flagged and then they can look at it and pass it on to the authorities. That's rather disgraceful. Huffington Post uh, published an article written by Tony Trimmingham, who is the CEO of Family Drug Support this week. Um, And Tony says, just say no to drugs. But that no is K-N-O-W. It's about knowledge rather than the lack thereof. Um, And Tony said that the, the problem of drugs is not caused by the substance in isolation. The problem of drug abuse is uh, not just the substance, it's the context of the situation, the mental state of the individual involved, their health, their welfare, um, and of course other flow-on effects from the black market and just the mere criminality of the drug use creates more problems than if it were not uh, criminalised. And just one more, just that we're going to be keeping an eye on in upcoming weeks. On the 12th of October, the UK Parliament is going to debate legalising cannabis. This was after they received a petition, you know, with enough signatures that basically forced their hand to to have to debate it. So that's going to be an interesting one that we'll keep our eye on in upcoming shows. Uh, Coming up, we will be speaking with Julian Palmer, who is the author of Articulations on the Meaning and Utilisation of Psychedelics. Um, And he's overseas as well, so we'll be uh, catching up with him shortly. And also a little bit of news from Harm Reduction Victoria and Dancewires. But right now, this is Temple Step Project. This is the time. New generation on Freezing. The cleansing. The purification. The great purge. Dissolving into chaos. And arising in peace. It will be both personal. And collective, an echo, echo, echo. The great cycle of duality is closing.
one who seeks to share energy and creativity in harmony and the spirit of cooperation. One who can transmit peace into other worlds and other planes of existence. The choice is simple. Do I choose love or do I choose fear? This is in Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio. Um, I was uh, speaking with Dan the other day. He's one of uh, one of the DanceWise coordinators, and he's just recently finished up, which has opened up two positions at Harm Reduction Victoria. We'll post an ad on the Facebook page about it if you want to uh, apply for one of those positions. Uh, here's a little chat with Dan from DanceWise. In Psychedelia on uh, 3CR Community Radio. Um, I'm standing here right now with uh, Dan... Uh, who is one of the DanceWise coordinators. It's his final night tonight. I've been doing DanceWise, uh, which is a harm reduction program of harm reduction. Victoria goes out to festivals, does harm reduction services there uh, for about three to four years now. And Dan's been here for about four to five years. We can't quite figure it out because there were arguments involved. But um, Dan, final night, um, any last words you'd like to say? Uh... I don't know. I guess I'm really, I'm really proud of where the program is right now. Um, the enthusiasm that exists within the new uh, recruits is amazing, and and the people who have been there for a while. I, I feel like they're just the right people to guide the new recruits through what they're going to do. So, and finally, um, favorite, uh, favorite slash most bizarre dance wise memory. We we experience a lot of. When, when looking after people in any kind of intoxicated condition or any kind of uh, condition where, where somebody's gone through something intense could be bizarre, whether it's a... Uh, I, mean, I mean, you even get that with traumatic situations or people with brain damage, but <laughs> I feel like it's a really bad way to compare people with, with drug experiences. But, I mean, just going back to, like, uh, uh, Oliver Sacks, for example, he was a neurologist. He uh, The reason why he enjoyed drugs was because he felt that it brought him uh, closer to people that, uh, that had a had brain acquired brain, brain injuries. Yeah, totally. Favourite I, bizarre experience? I suppose, I mean, the one that comes to mind is dealing with a guy at a particular festival, which I won't name, um, who, where the security were amazing, and dealing with this guy who basically, he got his kid off. He was, it was apparently being quite aggressive with his penis on the dance floor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, dancing around at people. You know. Not you, sense, yeah, right? yeah, just aggressively penisy. You know, like... Um, and, just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah, just so we're clear. Um, and I suppose working with, uh, working with the security who were there, just prepared... They were, they were prepared to deal with this guy who had no pants on. You know, hold a hold a hold a blanket around him, and and for us to work together to try and convince this guy to put some pants on, it was it was quite a lovely experience. I mean, one thing I loved, one thing I've loved about this job the whole time is working with professional people who know how to deal with shitty situations, and and that was one of those times where a shitty situation happened, and there were people there who were able to deal with it in a positive and friendly way. And I, I think that's one of the really important things about what we do is, is that friendly and positive way that we, we deal with people who don't listen to what we have to say. 
Thank you, Dan, for being one of the uh, guiding directions in DanceWise over the past uh, few years. Congratulations on moving on to Next Endeavours. It's always a bit bittersweet, but a bit also kind of nice. I hope it's not too bitter. Like, I'm packing coffee, so... Uh... <laughs> the 3CR Community Radio. This is in Psychedelia. <laughs> And that was uh, Dan. Uh, congratulations, Dan. He's, he's uh, one of the one of the people that um, I've known through Dancewise for quite some time. Um, Harm Reduction Victoria does have two jobs now up for grabs. Uh, they're both part time positions with about thirty nine to forty hours a week. Uh, one of them, uh, both of them, are with Dancewise. One of them is specifically uh, for an ATS project, which is amphetamine type stimulants. If you have some uh, experience in community health or have some experience in harm and you're interested in getting some work for that, head along to hrvic.org.au and you can find the job applications there and apply there. Uh, this is in Psychedelia on 3CR and we um, we are a show that, that covers a wide variety of issues around drugs. We don't condone or condemn use and we aren't here to talk about abstinence nor recommend that you commit a crime. Uh, the information is here as it's... Uh, as it is presented. Um, if you do have any comments, questions, feedback of any kind, you can get in touch with us by heading to 3cr.org.au, head along to the Encyclopedia program page and get in contact with us either by Facebook, Twitter, or you can send us an email as well. Uh, coming up, we will be speaking with Julian Palmer, author of Articulations on the Meaning and Utilisation of Psychedelics. Uh, right now, this is Jonathan, Sm- uh, Jonathan Swift featuring Vita Sunshine, Changed on 3CR. Trust it's gone See no one could take your place No one could take your place No But you changed I don't know where to go from here Where do we go from here
Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Right now we've got uh, Julian Palmer on the program. He's uh, joining us from Estonia, where he currently is uh, residing, but only temporarily because he likes to uh, travel around. He's the author of the book Articulations on the Utilisation and Meaning of Psychedelics. And Julian, Estonia, what's it like? Uh, Why are you there? I travel. I travel a lot. I've been to uh, seventy countries. So people say, "Why are you? Why are you in Lapland?" You know, and <laughs> uh, well, uh, because I'm interested to go there, and um, it's um, it's it's wonderful to broaden your mind and go to new places. I first I went to Estonia in uh, 1993 when it was just coming out of the Soviet era. That would have been quite so, interesting. A lot that, of changes going through Estonia at that time, I imagine. Ah, uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, culture very much in transition, and you know, people lining up to buy soap and milk and that sort of stuff. So, and now it's a very high tech culture. Uh, a Skype is Estonian. A lot of people don't know. And um, for ex- example, I found out yesterday that Uber is not doing well in. Estonia because for a few years they've had their own app called Taxify which is better than Uber. <laughs> well, that's quite interesting. I, I imagine the uh, the taxi industry in Australia would be quite interested. They've been uh, up in arms about Uber lately, but obviously Estonia mm. is on the cutting edge. I've actually heard something about this. I remember now reading an article about Estonia's um, high tech industry and their and their uh, computer like their IT industry and it being uh, yeah. one of the leaders in that part of Europe. Yeah, they 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 uh, they're very much at the at the leading edge of a lot of uh, uh, digital technology. So it's uh, you might have heard of the e-residency. So every, every Estonian has a USB um, card, 
sorry, a USB uh, reader and a card which they use to pay their taxes online. That's uh, that's pretty innovative, uh, but I suppose it is a and relatively small country. Yeah, it's only uh, 1.3 million people, so it's very dynamic, very innovative. It's uh, it's like uh, these people here, they've been given a, a fresh slate, and... Um, I think it's 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 great to be somewhere where they really embrace innovation and uh, creativity. Now, also on your travels, you've been to Finland, where you were speaking at the Bermuda Gathering, which I uh, presume is um, some kind of festival. Is it uh, comparable to anything we've got in Australia? Well, the Bermuda Gathering is very unique because it's um, it's it, it's only three hundred people, uh, which for Finland is not that big so it's not quite a festival they call it more family gathering so it's more like a sort of um it's more for insiders into the into that scene it's more for the i guess the core crew in a way but not not altogether for the core crew you know people like djs and organizers and you know people who are very much into the the party scene so uh it's sort of by invitation only and uh so it's very, it's a very beautiful, uh, safe uh, gathering, and the, the Finnish, the Finnish outdoor forest parties, I think, are probably the most advanced I've ever been to anywhere in the world. By, and by, that that culture's been quite strong since '91. So, by advanced, what what sorts of things would uh, would do you mean by advanced, uh, technologically wise, or just the way well, that they structure the festival? Well. I'd say advanced, like their dance floor culture is is very unselfconscious and liberating. The music is very fresh, eclectic. It's called Swami Soundy. Uh, the music is very psychedelic, and some of the Swami Soundy contains some of the Finnish um, folk music. Um, and uh, even though it was only three hundred people, they had a little space. Uh, you might have uh, come across, you know, they have these spaces at the Boom Festival and Burning Man where people, uh, like a psychedelic emergency space. Like, like they had sort a of space what, like this. Like sort of what um, da- DanceWise does in, in Victoria, if you're yeah, aware of that. Very, specific, very specifically for psychedelic, uh, uh, for people to come to this space, for, for people to decompress and chill out if they're mm. having, a, having a difficult time or a bad trip or something like that. Or I suppose the other big example would be um, Zendo Project, which is... Uh, uh, That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you, you were there um, at Bermuda Gathering in Finland and you were speaking uh, on Changa, Reindeer Poo and Psychedelic Plants. <laughs> how, how do those yes. all fit together? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I was I was with one of the organisers uh, typing up my poster to put around the festival, and uh, you know, it's I didn't want to call it just Changa, <laughs> a talk called Changa, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was I was going to write uh, rain reindeer reindeer poo, but uh, somehow it came out as rain door, so I just left it at that. <laughs> And so how, how is reindeer poo connected? For the uninitiated, uh, what is it about reindeer poo that connects in with psychedelic plants? <laughs> well, um, actually, the, the connection is that it's known that the Sami in, in northern, in Lapland, say northern Finland, will drink reindeer piss. 
uh, they'll, they'll feed their reindeer Amanita and then drink the piss. And the Amanitas are, of course, uh, the, the infamous fairy tale mushroom, the red and white polka dot mushroom. But, uh, uh, yeah, the Finns were asking me um, during my talk, what, what is the reindeer poo? Tell us. <laughs> and I said, um, well, it's just a name for a talk. It's a little Monty Python-esque, uh, Dada-esque, um, a funny name I gave to my talk. <laughs> and, and the other part of your talk was focusing on Changa. And what is Changa? So Changa is um, a blender herbs, including ayahuasca, that contains uh, DMT. And so when people smoke it, they will often not have a, a full-on breakthrough experience like you have with uh, crystal DMT, but a more like a, an experience similar to smoked ayahuasca. And um, this is sort of taken off all around the world these days, um, especially it's been traveling through the, the psychedelic trance outdoor festival scene. Um, and uh, a lot of people in a lot of different countries are, uh, are now doing this. I mean, in some countries, people are gathering in circles quite regularly and smoking it together. So it's not just a phenomena that people are say, smoking on the dance floor. You know, there are people who do that, but uh, it's uh, it's becoming quite mainstream in some countries, actually. And and the kind of experience people can expect wouldn't be the sort of six to ten hours of ayahuasca? Um, it's more like five, ten, twenty minutes. Right, so, so it's much like more manageable. Call, it's like they call DMT the businessman's lunch, but uh, the, the ayahuasca... Uh, which is an MAO inhibitor in the Changa will extend the duration uh, for, you know, can, can even last 40 minutes, but it's normally uh, 10, 20 minutes. Now, you've also been in Russia, and um, you, you said something interesting while, while in Russia. You've been keeping a, a fairly uh, comprehensive uh, sort of online blog through Facebook status updates, um, and, and you said that yeah. uh, something pure and raw is receding in Russia. I was wondering if you, you could expand on your experience in Russia um, and, and what you meant by that. Well... I guess uh, I had an insight into uh, coming into the Baltic states in 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 1993. I got a very like a little bit of a taste of what Soviet life was like, um, and I think um, there's quite an interesting cartoon called Katarok. I don't know if you've seen this cartoon, and they've got um, every every Russian child has seen this cartoon. And um, it's got a bit where uh, they, these kids are on this island and they're singing a song called Changa Changa. <laughs> and right. uh, Changa, uh, uh, Changa Changa is an island where it's sunny all the time and you can eat coconuts and pineapples and life is easy, right? And so you watch this cartoon, Katarok, and it's like your third eye is being cleansed of the uh, sort of Roadrunner and uh, uh, Daffy Duck and the kind of cheesy American sort of crassness. It's actually a very artsy, uh, beautiful cartoon. Cataract, all right. Well, so I'll give you another... Yep. I'll give you another example. I met some scientists 
in Russia, people who used to work in science. And they said that these days it's difficult to get a job because back in the Soviet Union, you could practice pure science. Um, it was there was no profit motive, there was no agenda, and because uh, basically in in Soviet times it's full employment. If you're a scientist, you I, I don't think it's like you're given carte blanche to to explore whatever you want, but I think that they were able to do a lot of innovative pure science. Whereas in the Western world, um, it's very much science these days has has to show has to bring some bucks in. Mm. Otherwise, it's it's really hard to to uh, practice pure science. Well, I, I don't know if you're um, uh, much across the nootropics, which are sort of brain-enhancing or cognitive-enhancing drugs, but uh, I know a lot of the research that is uh, around nootropics is in Russian because the research just can't get up in, in the West because of various uh, uh, ethics issues, even though there are plenty of willing participants, um, as you can find on the forums if you look up nootropics, and um, uh, because it's uh, it, it sort of sits outside of the scientific paradigm of what drugs are for in the West. Do you, do you know much about the, mm. the new tropics? I don't, but actually, um, actually, uh, you might have come across a guy called Nanobrain, who I, I believe is living in America now. Um, he used to live in Melbourne. He's an American, Russian, um, you know, sort of Australian, I suppose. And he used to be very into new tropics and to be part of a nootropics forum. He said the problem with nootropics was that you stopped taking them and you were dumb again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's that's no good. And um, you're listening right now to 3CR. This is in Psychedelia. Right now we're speaking with Julian Palmer, who is the author of Articulations on the Utilisation and Meaning of Psychedelics. And he's also a uh, globetrotter of sorts, uh, travelling all around the place. And uh, you've been to Finland, Russia, currently in Estonia. But earlier you were at the island of Santa Catarina in southern Brazil at a place called Wasiwaska. Can you tell us a bit about... No, I was, ne- I was never there. Oh, no, not... Okay, <laughs> no, you haven't been there. there. You're going there, is that correct? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going there. No, 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 I just made a post about... So there's a there's a, there's a a workshop there that uh, louis Eduardo Luna is giving right. with uh, Eddie Fresca and Dal Millard, and these are all people who I very much respect uh, in the work with plants and, uh, especially ayahuasca and DMT. So, um, yeah, made a bit of a promotional um, uh, link to, that to was, Wasiwaska. That was my, that was my fault. Yes. I, I saw that and, and I thought, oh, what is Wasiwaska? And then I, I went and looked it up and, um, just for, for the listeners, it is a center for the study of psycho integrator plants, visionary art and consciousness. And it's got quite the list of, uh, who's who in global psychedelic culture on their, uh, board of, of people. And it looks like an absolutely beautiful place too. uh, any, any plants to travel there in the future or just do a little bit of uh, promotion for them when you can well yeah definitely definitely I want to I want to go but there's so many places to go and so many so many things to see there's always there's a backlog of uh, a backlog but it may be maybe next year maybe the year after I get there sounds like you travel a lot so maybe you'll get there eventually now um, finally Exactly. Uh, finally, uh, articulations on the utilization and meaning of psychedelics. Um, your book has been out for—is uh, it just uh, around a year now that the book's been out? 
or um, half a year? It came out in late November. Like so, getting close to a year, and and just for um uh, for those listening, uh, you can you can find this book at articulationsbook.com. Uh, I think it's also on Amazon and Book Depository and places like that. And you cover a pretty uh, wide variety of topics, um, including uh, DMT, DMT in, in trees, ayahuasca, um, other being synthetic chem- uh, chemicals, and um and how to sort of integrate the psychedelic experience with your uh, everyday life. So uh, tell us. I I mean, this is this has been a, a long project for you, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It it was. I actually started writing. I knew I was going to write a book, and I started writing in two thousand and one. Then I lost my computer. Oh dear! <laughs> and uh, I started writing it again. In, I, I pretty much wrote a draft in late two thousand and ten, and it took me four years to edit it. Yep, yep. Um, and I'm and, and I'm still I'm still making refinements. Uh, I'm I'm actually going to add a little. People, someone asked me recently, do do you hate mushrooms? Why isn't there a chapter on mushrooms? <laughs> and so, so now you've got to add a so chapter. I'm on go, mushrooms. actually going to add a little bit about mushrooms there because you know it's obvious that that needs to be in there. Definitely. So yeah, it is. Uh, it is a life work, and I, I reckon I've pretty much said. It, most of what I want to say about psychedelics in this, uh, you know, 70,000 odd words. I'm hoping to um, pick up a copy soon. It's I've got a, uh, an ever-growing list of books that I need to read um, at the moment, including um, uh, what a, I, I got a, a journal from the UK Psychedelic Society that's uh, that's quite interesting, and that's that's one of the things on my um, on my list to read. But I'm going to put yours uh, your book on on my uh, uh, list of books to read as well, and it is articulations. Yeah, yeah. On the Utilization and Meaning of Psychedelics by Julian Palmer, the website articulationsbook.com. Um, and it, it looks to be quite interesting. And as Julian says, it's his life work. So uh, one, to, one to check out. <laughs> and well, it's one of my life works. Hopefully there's more to come. <laughs> you've got a lot more life left and a lot more um, uh, travelling to express to people. Um, Julian, thanks for joining right. us on in Psychedelia today. Is there anything you wanted to leave us with today? Time is the most precious commodity, so uh, seize, the, seize the day. Carpe DMT. <laughs> Thank you, Julian Palmer. This is in Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio. Harm reduction refers to policies, programs, and practices that aim primarily to reduce the adverse health, social, and economic consequences of the use of legal and illegal psychoactive drugs without necessarily reducing drug consumption. Harm reduction benefits people who use drugs, their families, and the community. If you want to know more about harm reduction in Victoria, head to hrvic.org. Harm Reduction Victoria is a non-profit, user-based and user-governed organisation which aims to educate, inform, support and advocate for people who use drugs, their friends, families and broader community. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. And while you're at the website, head along to the Encyclopedia program page. There you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter and website where you can get in touch with us. Uh, on our Facebook, we do post a lot of uh, news articles. So if there's something that you uh, hear about on the program that interests you, jump onto the Facebook page and it's likely you'll find uh, a lot more information that you can then uh, consume and uh, become interested in 
in. Uh, my name's Nick. Uh, co uh, co-hosting today is Ash, and um, uh, we uh, we talk about a con- controversial topic here. Uh, we- we're talking um, about uh, drugs, which are across. All societies. I don't think there is a drug-free society. When you understand that drugs are not just uh, the illegal things, they're also our pharmaceuticals, they're in plants, they're in fungus, they're in animals, different animals. In fact, in our own brain, the reason why drugs work is because our brain makes very similar molecules that are used at, 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 at different times uh, for, for different purposes. We make our own opiates in our brain. We have DMT in our brain. We make our own cannabinoids. We've got a whole cannabinoid receptor system. This is why we need to discuss these things, because it's important to put aside the stigma and, and start discussing what's going on here. Uh, yeah, so so while I while I was away last week at the the cannabis rally, uh, reporting from offsite, um, yeah, I think you told me afterwards that you'd received a complaint here at the studio. Which... Well, we got we got a phone call. If if you want uh, to make an official complaint against the show, there is a, a proper procedure that you need to follow. You can go to the three crorgau go to the website and and follow that. So uh, I, I don't think it was a official complaint. Uh, okay, but he was well, upset. Sure, and and. and... For us talking about this, that was entirely expected. Um, yes. It's something that anybody who works in the AOD sector or harm reduction services or even just talks about it in their life is going to come up against that sort of thing. Mm. And because um, a lot of people see any conversation about drugs as therefore promoting their use. Mm. Um any conversation that doesn't revolve around don't do it, it gives you brain damage, it's evil, it's scourge on society. That's right, that's right. Which, you know, I mean, that might work for some people that, you know, otherwise might have taken drugs and had a problem, so there's a very small amount of people that might be receptive to that and mm. maybe well, it provides some benefit for their lives. I think the problem with that sort of messaging is it's um it's it's dishonest to itself. So once upon a time, I was an anti-drugs kind of kid. I, I was not uh, one of your teenagers in high school smoking bongs out the back of the Oval or whatever. I was uh, very relatively studious <laughs> i won't say very studious because there were more studious people than than i was um and and drugs and alcohol were not i just i just thought people were stupid for taking them i believed the messages hmm. until i started uh reading about people's experiences finding out about the uh, the science the history of it uh the stigma that's been attached the 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 bigoted um origins of the war on drugs and then i started to realize there's a different story un- underlining there yeah uh i you know I was actually one of those kids smoking bongs down the the back of the thing. And I think that, um, you know, like once I kind of got into that a little bit, I, you know, we were one of the first generations to grow up with the internet. So I started looking into it and all this stuff that Johan Hari talks about with Harry Anslinger. Well, I was reading all of that at the age of 15 and it was quite clear just from the experience of taking drugs that a lot of what was said about them was wrong. Now, that said, I don't want to in any way suggest that there aren't harms associated with drugs. No, exactly. And and the reason that I got into this, uh, like drug activism and, you know, basically come to be here was somebody in my circle, like a family member, I'm not going to out them, I'm not a Tasmanian senator. Um, (laughs) uh, They they had a, a, a kid, a teenager that was going through a similar thing to me where they were taking probably more cannabis than they should and not necessarily in the safest way. And I thought to myself, man, there's a lot that I could say to this you know, to this young person about ways that they could do things safer that don't involve don't do drugs because, mm. well, basically 
they don't want to stop taking drugs. The, the problem with saying <laughs> something like that is it cuts off the conversation immediately. You say that, somebody goes, mm-hmm, and they go away. They don't want to talk to you anymore. You're not, you're not a good source of advice. It, yeah. it cuts off the conversation with the people that most need to have and, that conversation. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, especially young people, they do go through a period where they might use more alcohol, cannabis, whatever drug it may be, and that's a phase of their life that they go through. And then they get to a period of their life where they don't use drugs so much. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in that middle stage that, that people can do to make sure that when they want to make other choices in their life, they, they have more possibilities and opportunities available by doing some simple things throughout that process. And it's not just illicit drugs that we're talking about here, because in our society, we have uh, not only, I mean, the, the problem with alcohol is uh, is obvious, but problem with pharmaceuticals. I've, I've spoken to people that the, the cognitive dissonance is amazing. They think that their doctor shopping is not drug abuse, even though they're going along and they're getting Xanax prescriptions and they're getting um, benzo prescriptions of all sorts. They're getting all these prescriptions and they're taking them in a recreational manner, but they think that because they've got some doctor that said okay at some point in time that it's o- that it's okay. The problem is in the relationship. It's not in the drug. It's in the way that we relate to these substances, as most problems are. It's the relationship issue. Yeah, and we need to we need to have conversations around that to to help those problems. Yeah, I think that's something that you know people can do at home in their own lives. If it's safe for you to talk about drug use, your own or other people's in society, then. It's a useful thing to do just to take away that stigma of having the conversation. We'll be back on the air from 2 o'clock next week. In the meantime, 3cr.org.au is the place to go to get in contact with us. Head to the Encyclopedia program page. Share a link of the program page. You can listen to this episode if you've missed anything right there. And uh, we, we want we want feedback. We love comments. We love uh, uh, if, if you want to contribute something to the show, get in touch with us. Querying the Air is up next on 3CR Community Radio. Thank you to everyone who participated participated in the show we'll be back next week enjoy your sunday sunny afternoon this is in psychedelia comments complaints or contributions are welcome jump on the 3cr website 3cr.org.au and head to the Encyclopedia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email. Encyclopedia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. If you are concerned about your own drug use or a friend's drug use, DirectLine provides a free and confidential counselling service 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-800-888-236. In Psychedelia, we'll be back on 3CR from 2pm next Sunday. You've been listening to In Psychedelia, a 3CR community radio podcast. For more information on anything you've heard in this program, head along to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the In Psychedelia program page.